Hello weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice through the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is my friend Will. How are you this week, Will? I'm very good, thank you, Sam. How are you? Yeah, very good. I think weird, wide, and wonderful is pretty apt to describe the show that we've picked out today, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, it's, it's, I've, it's, I've got very mixed opinions of, uh, of this show. Um, for, for those of us that haven't joined us before, uh, today, as every other week, we're going to discuss a new anime that Sam's given us. Um, it's a chance for Sam, as an absolute experienced weeb, to teach me and a noob, uh, a newcomer to the anniverse, as it, as we've, um, so absolutely called Dubbed it. it. Yep. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about a, a new show every week. Go back and listen to the backlog. Um, we've got how many shows now, Sam? We've looked at, we've done 50, is this episode 55? Oh, this is episode 56. Is, is it? One. Yes, it is. You're right. Yeah. This is episode 56. If you're not, if you don't want to go back and listen to the whole backlog, just listen to episode 53, 4? 54, which was our year in review where we catch up Indeed, about yes. everything that we've um, discussed. And that was a really fun episode to record. And I think, um, get, gets everyone up to speed on, uh, what the show's about, really. It's like a TLDR on the anniversary, and then we talk about our favourite episodes to record, which stuff we thought was really good, which stuff we thought was really bad, and can maybe point you in the direction of some of the podcast episodes that we think that you would enjoy. Yeah, so this week we are looking at uh, something called Sunny Boy. Sam, can you... <laughs> Sam, my Sunny Boy old, old pal, old <laughs> chum, can you tell us um, what, the, what, what this show is? Why would anyone want to watch this? Well, <laughs> I seem to have put myself into a bit of a bind here, Will, <laughs> in that, how do you describe Sunny Boy? Do you like art? Yes. Or do you not understand the deeper meanings of art? Oh, there are deeper meanings to art? They're not just pretty colours and flashing lights? Well, if you fall into either of these two categories <laughs> of flashy light colours or liking to look into deeper meanings, then boy, is Sunny Boy the show for you. We've got... High schoolers. We've got superpowers. Imagine uh, Lord of the Flies meets X-Men meets a MC Escher painting, and you're pretty much <laughs> on the line of where Sunny Boy is. If you're really looking for something that is out there and obscure, then really, and, and like we've been saying for quite a while now, like in animation, you can do whatever you want, and Sunny mm. Boy definitely kind of runs with that idea, even from the very earliest of stages. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm very intrigued, Sam. I'm very curious as to what this show's about. Should we get into talking about these first three episodes? Let's just dive into it. Fabulous. And now that we've dove into the review part of our show, uh, Will, would you like to kind of the try past tense of dive is might. dived? By the way, just just saying, it's not, dive. Yeah, it's, dove. It's not dove. That that spells dove. Don't. Yeah, but it's not. Just depends on where you put the emphasis, right? Yeah, but it's still wrong. <laughs> People I dove in the water. No, nope, I, I dived, dived in the water. water. People make that mistake because they get confused with other verbs like drove and drive, but it's not. It's dived. I've I've looked this okay. up, dude. <laughs> okay, I, I, I trust you. I, th I trust I you. Think, and I believe you. I think in modern modern language, it's you know how words sort of become more commonly used. I think dove is more commonly accepted now, but it's still not traditionally correct. So, just saying. Kind of like how the Americans exclude the, all those U's from their words. 
Do it's accepted, but we don't have to like it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. Okay. What, what were you going to say? Sorry. What, after we've dived into Divin, into these... Uh... You nearly you had to pause there. You had to think about it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but now that we're in and we're, we're thinking about Sonny Boy, um, I'd like you to try your best to explain to the audience uh, what on earth is happening in these first three episodes. Can you give us a bit of an overview? Yeah. So, I, honestly, I didn't get a lot of the characters names um because they didn't really use names that much in the first in the early parts of the episodes and i've just gone phonetically i haven't sort of looked them up or anything but um, our main boy that we seem to be following although we don't really he's not really portrayed as a protagonist he's just sort of a point of view character a little bit um yeah is nagama or nagima or nagara nagara right so yes. we, we follow him and he's this really depressed character who um, is at this high school and we get introduced into episode one and very conveniently, Nozomi? Nozomi. Yep. Nozomi. Um, she exposits nicely for us um, and tells us that the uh, the school has been plunged into darkness, into another sort of realm. Um all that's left is these 36 kids who some have developed superpowers, some haven't, and nobody knows why they're there or what's happening, but the school is present in this ever ne- never-ending infinity of darkness, um, and they don't know where they are or what's happened. Yeah. And... Pretty much. And then they start exploring the darkness, and through the first three episodes, they discover other worlds with weird rules so little passages into different parallel universes. They're not really sure on the science or what sort of... They're still figuring stuff out, basically. But what, yeah. the, sh- what the show does well is, I think they do drip feed and reveal bits of information quite nicely at a good pace first through these first three. Mm-hmm. So by the end of episode three, we've got a bit more of a concrete understanding of what to expect moving forward in that we're yeah. hoping to see new worlds with new rules and... Um, these high schoolers trying to make sense of it all and trying to figure out how to get back home. Yeah, bloody hell. Good effort. Completely on the fly. Really concise. (laughs) (laughs) My first question is, why do all the cats have runny noses? Oh, yeah. I guess it's just cute. It's not cute, it's gross. Uh, Cats don't have runny noses. They have... Uh, they have famously dry noses and dry tongues. I don't famously know. dry noses. <laughs> Maybe you've just got dry nosed cats, Will. Maybe that's Maybe. Like specific to the breed that you've got. I, Maybe I that's guess. how they use their superpowers. To wet their noses. <laughs> yeah, their wet noses allow them to transport anything into this world. Yes, that is a thing. With Niamazon? Niamazon? Yeah, I really appreciated that pun. Niamazon. Because, do you know? Do you get it? I, I don't get it. So the onomatopoeia in Japanese for a cat meowing is nya. Oh. So it's nyamazon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I'm not embarrassed that I didn't get that, but that's clever. I like that. That's fun. Um, yeah, it's good. You can appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate what they did there. Um, yeah. So where do we want to start with this? It, it's a really freaky, like you, like you described in your intro, it's a really freaky concept. And well, it's not it's not that freaky. It's quite mm. an interesting concept, but they 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 do so much with the visuals and everything that it becomes quite I don't know out there and a little bit um, yeah. odd, should we say? It is definitely odd. Uh, do you want to start with the visuals then? Because mm. I'm really impressed, at the very least, with 
the way that all the characters as they're designed and the world in general seems to be these really kind of soft muted almost colors and even the way that the main cast of the the high school kids are um shaded when they're in shadow and whatever it seems to still be comparatively bright which then makes the stark sheer blackness outside of their school stand out all the more and yeah then of course yeah. we get all of this very very striking very evocative imagery that is never really fully explained and never really lingered on for too long mm, yes it's a show that likes to kind of throw its artistic liberties at the wall and isn't afraid to be like okay so here's this completely red ocean with the giant centipede and you're back in the school and then okay here we are and it's a start sound stage and then oh look the sky is opening up to big curtains yeah here's blue fire these guys are just silhouettes now there's so much just visually happening i was gonna say some of it's a little bit too much i think that there's yeah definitely the, the I, I would like a little bit more clarity around some of the stuff. You say that it's very soft colours, and I think sometimes that, that it almost needs a little bit more distinction for it to really work better. I think sometimes I was a bit unsure what it was trying to do, especially with the blue fly, blue fire, and when they yeah. when they put that across the whole beach, it was sort of just a wash and didn't really have much impact. I don't think it wasn't really quite clear. Mm that it was all on fire and which bits were on fire and which bits were the beach. And obviously that's a deliberate art choice, but I just, it didn't really have the impact I think they wanted for me. Um, yeah, it can it definitely get muddied. Yeah. The um, character design and the the, the artist, the, the, those muted colours reminded me, well, it reminded me of a few shows and there's definitely one that I can't remember, put my finger on, but Yuri on Ice and Carol and Tuesday obviously were two, the, the way, no, you're looking confused. I I disagree. I I'd say Carol and Tuesday not with the muted color was yeah not with the okay. muted colors just with the character design and the softness of the uh, edges and uh, yes yes and yes. and that sort of aesthetic uh, rather yeah the colors obviously Carol and Tuesday is very bright and colorful and and, and boppy mm. so yeah that that was a um not what I, what what is the one that you can't remember is it Devilman Crybaby maybe yeah. Because that was also very, very pastely until it yeah. very significantly wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good shout. Yeah, potentially it is. Dev- uh, devil devil may cry, baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 um, it means that they've been able to do a lot with it. And you're right with the visuals when you talk about, like, there's the bit that guy's, there's one guy's power. So some of these kids have got powers and they're, they're really bizarre powers. They're really, they don't yes, really they explain yeah. what the limits are to these powers or how they work or who's got what. But there's one guy that seems to be able to break glass <laughs> or shatter things. And yeah, that's uh, Asakaze and his power. Exactly. He, he, he is an It looks like the glass is. Sh- he is a bit of an Asakaze. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Asakaze. But his power, like Will said, it. Seems to shatter the screen and kind of rotate the shards of the screen, and it's kind of played. And it's never explained what his power is in these first three episodes. It's just like he turns up, things start high pitched sound effect plays, and then things start to get a little bit weird. Yeah, and we hear the shattering of glass a lot of the time when when he when he sort of loses it. Um, yeah, mm. what were you going to say? You think I think his power is 
space manipulation because at the end of episode one, he's the person who's basically turned the school oh, is he? into this. Yeah. That's right. the implication. So Again, what's, what's the girl show- doing though? Because I thought the gir- it was the girl that was doing that because she had her hair going off and she was the one that reached towards the electric and stuff. I thought that her power was something to do with that. She was, I think her power is just to use electricity. So she um, f- made the l- light flicker that one time and no one noticed. <laughs> and then it was, the rest yep. was him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. Cool. Surprise. It's how they got around the rules, I think. Um, but yeah, um, the show seems to go out of its way a lot of the time to intentionally withhold information at any given point, which makes it as a viewer almost very frustrating to try to puzzle out yourself because it's always it's almost like you've been given a puzzle with half the pieces and the characters know what those pieces are, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah, they seem to be, they seem to, the, the, yeah, I know what you mean by frustrating because it feels like they could exposit that tiny bit more not that we like exposition especially when it's just used without narrative purpose but we almost do just we we sense there's more to the world that they could reveal and make help us along the journey but they're just deliberately holding back um that yeah. isn't to say that they don't exposit because we have an entire character whose job seems to be to exposit but he's the complete opposite end of the spectrum so we have this awesome character who's probably my favourite out of the first three episodes called uh, Raji Dani, who is, he the is scientist? an Indian fellow. Mm. Yeah, and he just basically, his power seems to be to make stuff that does yeah. stuff. So that's a big, a big flashing sort of like, what the hell is this? Like, there's there's two two absolutely OP powers in this, in that there's mm. the girl who can just get anything she wants and in a world where you know, you're abandoned on an island with no adults or anything. It's really handy to have someone who can just get anything delivered almost instantaneously. Um, where where does it come from? We don't know. The cats bring it. And they're not even her yep. cats. They're her grandma's cats. So I don't get how that's her power. <laughs> like, are the cats a manifestation of her? Are the cats... But the cats were her grandma. So was her grandma a manifestation of her? So... Is the grandma not real? She gave herself a grandma oh. who gave herself cats who, and the cats can deliver us up, deliver things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but her powers, re- regardless, it's a really cool power because she could basically help j- move the plot along very easily by giving them anything that they want. They get loads of tech, they get loads mm-hmm. of food, they get loads of stuff and they end up developing this barter system this trading system forced by forced by the island who burns anything that isn't traded uh, look, we'll get yeah. we'll get into that but let's focus on the powers still the the yeah the scientist dude and that's he yeah rajidani yeah he i'm gonna try and throw names in where i can yes <laughs> rajidani um he could make stuff out of jelly <laughs> like yeah again <laughs> So, uh, something that isn't very explained at all. He seems to be able to create stuff. And uh, in episode two, he creates a bunch of Mario power-ups yeah. and gives <laughs> yeah. one to one of the girls who gets tanuki ears and, t- and a tail. And you yeah. see like a superstar and a mushroom in other boxes. And you're like, uh, okay, yeah. sure. And then like some of the devices he creates just seem to be um, indistinguishable blobs that don't really have anything. Like 
or there's almost a part of me that thinks, oh, is it pop culture stuff? Is it stuff? Is it like, um, ready player one sort of vibes where they can generate anything just referencing everything yeah just just throwing in references but then there's some just like blobs that stick together to make a device that can track down things um really really bizarre and they're all you know anything that he's made because it's outlined the artist has outlined them in a, a crisp white border so you can distinguish his stuff from anyone else's which is it's fun it's so good yeah because <laughs> all the other powers are stuff like again like space warping electricity teleportation a big glowy et finger yeah except for uh, that guy yeah that, yeah that did make me laugh i was just like of course why not it's um it's just like in that one movie <laughs> your a rank what the fuck <laughs> he's he's i love nagara at that point he's just been so passive and this is like his first bit of like <laughs> wait what yeah, yeah are you for real <laughs> yeah um so the powers yeah we don't really get much more than that there's loads of different sorts there's a guy oh i went on a massive rant with um is it uh i can't remember his name jock dude cap oh cap yeah so i went on a massive rant in my notes about at the beginning of episode one, I was like, what the hell? Why is this? Why is Azakazi just doing what this guy tells him to? What's this metaphoric cross on his face? Um, that makes him do like, and then it, then it clicked that this is actually his power, but it's not his power. We get, oh, but it's not his power. Yeah. So we think it's his Again, power. The show is allowed to punish people. And so if rules are set, like, and people do not follow them like if everybody agrees to a set of rules and that rule is broken um then you can inflict a penalty on somebody else and they will have an equivalent length of time doing something menial to make up for the rule they've broken how did they figure that out because they only just set rules and they had no other enforcement system other than we'll just say what what do they say (laughs) What, what do they say at him uh punishment no it's not well i don't know what it is uh oh it's penalty it's penalty in the uh penalty dub. yeah yes penalty <laughs> Point, I, think so. I love the effect when the cross hits his face and it's literally just like one frame there's nothing the second frame it's just bang black yeah. cross in your face and then he's and then his like, uh, you can't defend and i do like the the juxtaposition juxtaposition i guess where you expect it to be like something quite serious, but then it's maths. He's got to do maths equations. Yeah, he's just doing long like, division with yeah. an infinite remainder. <laughs> yeah. That would be my nightmare. Yeah. That would be my p- own personal hell. It just doesn't end. It never ends. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Um, when you say that you, you didn't know how the characters knew, you're forgetting one very important thing. Yeah. Mr. I don't ever blink and I'm getting the voice of somebody into my head to tell oh. me that things are happening. Yes. Ah, Mr. Okay, I so... couldn't be any more obvious of an antagonist if I fucking tried. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So his power sort of becomes a little bit more clearer as time goes on. So at that point there was, mm-hmm. we didn't really know much other than he was sort of a bit calmer and a bit more composed and seemed to know a little bit about what he wanted to do at least even if he didn't know what was going on but as time goes on it reveals that he knows a lot more than he's let on he's been told these Mm. things by an omnipotent voice in his head which is not the sign of you know 
sound mind, really. Nope. <laughs> and my prediction of the week, by the way, is that... Here we go. Uh, uh, Nozomi? Nozumi? Nozomi. Yeah, Nozomi. Nozumi. <laughs> He's really quick. Um, <laughs> Nozumi, go. Um, Wee. <laughs> he's uh he's the one that's caused it all um because uh. um because he doesn't really seem they do sort of re- talk about him maybe having a power towards the end of episode three but like he doesn't seem to have one that we know of before that and i feel like being the protagonist or point of view character he's going to have something pretty op and i think that his isolation and depression has done like mass effects of the of the black curtain where the black curtain is those individual periods of isolation that people are going into because of loneliness and because mm-hmm. his is sort of like overwhelming depression that seems to or uh nothingness that sort of triggered this whole world jump thing the drift yeah that's mm. my that's my prediction very interesting mm. Mm. <laughs> as uh, you know like my predictions based I, are based on nothing that impulse yeah um what do we think about uh nozomi as a main character uh nagara or oh shit i'm talking about nagara this whole thing that whole thing was nagara not nozomi okay i'll go back and do absolutely nothing (laughs) thank you thank you yeah appreciate that um yeah sorry nagara um is a depressed kid and i think he's the one that sent them in that's my prediction i think he's the one that sent them through his depression into this other world right 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 makes more sense now okay yeah and so him as a main character then yeah so he i don't think it would be an exaggeration to say that out of every show we've watched so far he's the point of view slash protagonist character who has done the least in these first few episodes he is very very passive he does what other people tells him yeah we've not seen him really do anything other than be there the only thing he's really done is he reached out to nozomi in the first episode and grabbed her when she jumped off the side of the school and i mean not physically possible okay oh he did rescue yeah exactly i completely agree (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good that's a that's a good point yeah he doesn't really do very much in the in terms of sort of moving the plot forward he is very passive just things are going on around him um he doesn't really want to be involved either that that sort of isolated um depressive character is just sort of happy to mm. be left alone um yeah and i think that's where sunny boy starts even in these kind of early episodes to make its mission statement almost in that it's not so much a show that's focused on what's happening in terms of like powers and vistas and explaining itself Mm. despite having characters who are trying to figure that out it's more about honing in on each member of the group finding out a bit of who about who they were before and seeing how they're adapting to this new environment so instead of something like say let's pick a shonen like uh bleach or demon slayer where the rules are set out and we see the character interact but everything is explained the breathing is explained the swords are explained the hollows are explained everything here 
oh, everyone's got powers. How do the powers work? Fuck you. <laughs> oh, you're on an island now? The island's on fire. The island's not on fire anymore. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, but look, the character used to see Bird and <laughs> leave Bird, but now he care for Bird and now, Cat. Now he care for Cat. Progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you think it's more focusing on character evolution and looking at it from... Uh, yeah looking at each individual characters and their sort of personality and how that changes rather than focusing on the plot too much hmm interesting i I think i think it it could be that if it is that i don't think it they've done a good enough job of it i don't think no i agree i don't think there's you coming into this completely raw Mm. what did you think of in in terms of character work in general these three episodes what stood out to you? Um, I thought the was it um, uh, Nozomi. She um, she grated on me. I think her. Th- th- I think there's a, quite a lot of unbending sort of character traits that in reality wouldn't play out like that. I think you know her absolution that she doesn't agree with. Um, her, their political system in a way that she doesn't agree that things things aren't fair in the real real world so why should we try and make it fair in here it's not going to work i'm not even going to bother just let people do what they want i feel like that's very short-sighted and for someone who seems Nyamazon Nyamazon girl yes no 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 nozomi nozomi yeah the uh girl who jumps off the bridge when they meet her in the carousel and they try and give her a phone and she's like, fuck you. I don't yeah, like, I don't yeah. like your system. I don't want to do this. Give me the phone. I'm smashing it on the floor. It's very like, I, I do like that little sly bit as well that she does at that point though. That's a really nice little bit where she's like, looks back at them and she's like, is that your, is that your power? Is that it? Yeah. But then it is their power. I and she, and, 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 and then she gets oh, done and she's like, yeah. Oh, is she, is she, is she calling it out that she knows that it's not their power and that it's just something anyone can do? Is that what she's doing? Yeah, like she, she, I think she's sussed that it's not beholden to it, one of them, but it's right. more something else, something part of the world. But like she, she seems quite intelligent. Then, like th- there's there's lots of what she does. She seems quite aware and stuff, and it just seems really bizarre that she'd be so adamantly self destructive and um, toxic towards the rest of the group, and be so like, yeah, we're just going to do what we want, um, and not at least try and form some sort of order when you have no idea what's going on and this place is literally almost imploding or drowning around you. And it, do you know what I mean? I just don't like that. I, I, I guess her whole character arc is going to go through this big change where she becomes much more of a team player. And I don't know, but it, it just, to me was a bit weird for the situation. Um, no, I agree. I agree with you that her as a character is very, she's very manic pixie dream girl in that, Oh, I'm quirky and I do what I want and I'm going to stand out and not conform. And to an extent, yeah, cool. Don't conform. Do what you want. Stand out. Do whatever. But also consider... Everyone else. <laughs> your circumstances. Yeah, like you, you, like you're caring for birds and cats and stuff on the one hand and wanting to look after things, but then not giving a shit about your classmates and how everything is going to sort of turn out in the end. Um mm. And maybe she just doesn't like people. You know, some people uh, just want to watch the world burn. Um, 
except for... Ah, so she's the Joker. She is the Joker. Maybe she's the mastermind behind it all. She's just manipulating My everyone. God. My God. <laughs> You've done it, you magnificent bastard. Yeah. i tell you what, though. I think in terms of um, reacting to the situation in any given way, most of the class is fairly nonplussed. I mean, we do start a week into it, so I guess we've missed all of the initial panic, which is why it can tell a story of these characters just kind of reverting back to how they were beforehand, but just in this new environment. But even when they arrive on the island, like they're still very just like, oh, well, yeah, cool. We'll just do what the council says and we'll, we'll plod along. And I think everyone's having a freak out or a mental breakdown. Or I think they've um, sort of lowered the stakes a lot. And potentially this is maybe why the characters aren't that... Um, pissed that that sort of um you know i don't know the word what what, what basically what you just said there <laughs> why the why the yeah, characters are more chill like they're not reacting yeah um seemingly appropriately to what's happening to them because they've they've set the set this the groundwork that everyone recovers from injuries that everything gets replenished after oh, 24 sure, hours yeah. or something like that everything all the food or the everything gets repaired no matter what happens, everything reverts back. As long as it's in the school. As long as it's in... Mm, yeah, but even on the island, the island repaired itself. No, it's not just in the school. Because the island... They, they, they thought the island wasn't going to repair itself, and then it all got replenished the, after the fire. Mm. Yeah. Yes, true. It is true. And they and they're, even when they're on the island, they're still not getting injured and whatnot. Yeah. We don't know about whether people can die. If, like, dies, like... Dying is like a finality that can't be recovered from because no one's died yet. But they do say when they've explored some of these worlds, because they basically they start finding in the shadows this pure blackness that leads to other dimensions. And they do say some of them aren't sustainable for human life. So yeah, how they know that is a bit dark and scary. Um <laughs> How many kids were there at the start? Yeah, exactly. Um, either they've, <laughs> it, I don't. Either they're assuming that from just looking in there, mm-hmm. but it's um, it's a bit of a weird because some of them are like other dimensional, so that their physical form seems to not even be. You're not even going to sustain in there for any length of time. As soon as you go in there, you're going to be, yeah. your matter is going to be changed. So, for them to know that, that's a bit dark. But maybe they did go in there, and then yeah. the next day they just appeared back in the school or whatever, like a respawn. Like, Whoa! Let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah, I will say that they do a- approach that topic later on in the series, cool. um, and hints of what happens um, are laid in these first few episodes. But okay. Obviously, no spoilers past episode three. Yeah, but yeah. the the groundwork is there in the in the way that the show has presented it and it does get addressed towards the mid to maybe the latter third. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that these worlds have rules that they need to try and figure out. I feel like that is, is that, oh, yeah. is that going to be a, is that a continuous thing throughout this? Do they go to other places or is it mainly, cause I feel like they could settle down on this Island and then venture from here as their base. But, Likewise, yeah. who knows? After the first three episodes, it could literally just jump every single episode. Anything could happen. Yeah. Again, non-spoilery, they do investigate. Obviously, the, the exploration of new worlds does continue. And yeah. we do get to see 
um, a variety of different rules and um, powers and how they interact with those sets of rules. And um, yeah. yeah, I think as it goes on, it's very creative in the way that that um, plays into what has been established here. But the focus very much is on the kind of the core cast that has assembled within these first three episodes, which is Nagara, Asakaze, Nozomi, and Rajidani. Mm. And they are kind of the focus and the ways in which they interact with new rules and uh, new kind of puzzles to solve almost. Well, they are. Um, and, I, and I think they've paced it really well in these first three. I like the island stuff. I like the fact that the, the blue flame episode, I, I didn't, there's no, I, I, there's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't like it. I feel like it focuses mm-hmm. on something potentially unimportant. I feel like it folk, do you know what I mean? Like to the whole plot. But then it's this reveal that, oh, okay, this is a rule of this specific island. We need to figure out what's happening here and why. Is it a person? And it's not clear to us as the audience if it is a person, if it is. So it's, it's really intriguing how they, it is, does feel like a genuine mystery, but something that you can see them figuring out in real time. Um, and the clues are sort of there with our, um, what's he called? Danny. Um, Rajdani. Rajdani. Um, his, uh, his sort of thought process, you see that going nicely, um, as he's creating stuff, giving people stuff and figuring yeah. out the trade system. Which I still don't truly get. Oh, so our um, Nyamazon character, she can create, get anything delivered, anything delivered. And if she gifts it to someone, then it doesn't burn into blue flames. But it's if someone takes it without asking or without exchange. Yeah? This is what I really love about the island rule, because in the blue flame episode we get the idea that, okay, so you have to, so the crux of it is if you take anything or you're given something um, at an unequal perceived value, Mm. it burns up, it's destroyed. You can't get anything for free. There's no such thing as a free dinner. So everybody starts to get suspicious because obviously everybody's coming to the Nyamazan girl because she can just summon anything. Mm. And, she's giving all this stuff to all these people and then it's burning up. So naturally people start to assume that it's her who, yeah, it's a product she's of doing her it on power purpose. or it's a product of her power where like it, mm. it, it, it's all her stuff that's burning up. So it must be like a deep, like a demon element of her power um, that burns everything up. Mm. Yeah. And what I love is that as the episode goes on, we see, we start to see that again, the comparison to Lords of the Flies where everyone starts to turn against her, that initial seed of doubt, which Nagara does start, starts to spiral out of control and they confront her and they start like dredging up her past, which is this entire thing of her just posting anonymously anonymously online about how rigged the school elections were and how she gets crushed by the school council and things that she cares about get torn away from her, which is why she has no trust in anybody else, which is why she's willing to just literally watch it all burn which is why she starts making it rain literally rain money (laughs) yeah and then knowing that but then she must have figured out the system then does she know or does she i think by does she just know that everything she creates turns to turns to turns to blue flame because she's she does that and does it deliberately but no one no one seems to have figured out the power yet apart from 
apart from scientists. Roger Dunny. Yeah. yeah, I think she just assumes that stuff is burning up. I don't think she's fully. F- in fact, actually, no. I think she has figured it out because at the end of the episode, she gives the hat. Nagara the hat. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it shows that, oh, well, you don't, it's perceived value. So like, and then even in the next episode, she's like, oh yeah, this, this Wendy's is on me. Yeah. And he's like, well, why do you keep making everybody settle up? And she's just like, capitalism, I guess. <laughs> yeah. This is the way of the world, man. Rich get richer. And I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm literally Jeff Bezos. Yes. <laughs> ah. she does have my favorite uh line in the entire show yeah uh, of the first three episodes uh, after she gifts him the burger and the, and the drink and stuff she goes well you know man this is just the reality in a capitalist society yeah <laughs> i'm just like i mean man. i guess okay i guess weird anime show that is made to sell cartoon characters to adults um okay uh anything else before we move on the the weird black curtains are a talking point i loved that uh episode to be mm-hmm. fair um conceptually uh, uh in in the fact that the way that it moves the story forward in terms of the little clues that kind of turn up and also the idea that so if you've not watched it or your memory is waning <laughs> In this episode, people start to freeze up and become these big black silhouette statues. And it turns out that if you go behind the curtain, or like Wizard of Ozzy, you enter into this kind of pocket dimension where these guys are just living out a isolated Hikekomori life where they don't have to interact with anybody. They can just get on with their hobbies. One guy's streaming Pac-Man to an audience of zero, which <laughs> hit a bit too close to home with the way that we're releasing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Another girl's like knitting. This other guy's working out. And it's just like nobody in their social circle cares mm. about them. They are so low on the social food chain that people literally didn't know that they were missing until a week later. Yeah. And there's a consequence for that. The consequence is they get isolated in this pocket dimension. That's yeah. I are. mean, consequence or sort of saving grace. Uh, it depends on how you, how you look That's at it. it. Like they, um, they don't want to leave. They don't want to leave these pockets because they, they deem they, they don't care. They, they know that no one cares about them. So why would they want to go back to that world here? They can at least have some comfort and, and solace, but then again, the episode, the way it resolves itself is a bit anticlimactic. It's almost like they just, they find out that it's a curtain that they can pull down. So they pull down the curtain from the, from the sky with no real explanation as to how it works. I'm not, I still don't know how they did that. They just used it's the, the slinky dogs. It's the they slinky do the dogs. Thing. It's the, it is the slinky dogs, the, the blobby slinky dogs from, um, Danny and uh, yeah, there's there's no. It's visually, they, it's very just very clever. I like very impressive, very impressive. But still, how did you figure that out? When when you when you do, when you spend so long taking those steps to figure out what's going on, it's then a bit weird to just jump to this giant curtain in the sky that we're going to rip down with blob dogs. Um, blob dogs, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> but. Hey, they they do that, and then they realise that they can pocket this dimension. 
they can pocket this pocket dimension and they hold the curtain yes. and can make themselves go in the curtain and out the curtain whenever they choose. But yeah. Yeah. But, so that's the, sorry, I was just going to say one of the, one of the big, one of the poor, it's not poor, but one of the things I didn't like about that ending is the fact that they don't resolve the issue. They just pull them out of the curtain like they said they were going to. It's like, just pull them out. Just get them out of it. And I guess, you know, teenagers be teenagers. They're not going to potentially have the best solutions for everything. But in a show, you'd think they'd have something a little bit more, especially when you're talking about communism and lack of friendship and you take, talking about how you're mm-hmm. hitting, hitting the audience with these big issues and, and world concerns, I guess, then you'd think they'd somehow turn it so that you get that recognition from your friends. You know, they, they get that support. They get that yeah. place. They find that people do they care. find something for them on the island versus mm. just being pulled out from it. And I, d- I did want to ask you this because this is a very real problem that is happening in Japan at the moment in that there is an entire culture around it. In It's called Hikekomori and that basically is a person who um, has receded from society. They're living off of either parental or inherited oh, yeah. money we they don't work. We talked about in this in Eden of the East. Um, yes. There was the, a, and that was the, the, the whole kidnapping of yeah. all the Hikekomori. So in terms of a solution in the sh- it, for these people who literally nobody noticed they were missing yeah. until a week later and there was a physical thing of them that was very obvious and very disturbing to look at because it was just like a vantablack silhouette of them. Yeah. So for these people who have found some semblance of peace on the island, Mm. is it the right thing to do to then pull them back in and force them to contribute to the greater group? (laughs) It is a very, very difficult question. It is. (laughs) And Will's going to answer it live on air. (laughs) I mean... Oh, oh, my, look, we, yeah, you're right. It's a very difficult question. I think, um, I like if, if the community can, it, it needs to be compromise. I'm, I'm all for compromise, compromise in any situation. Mm-hmm. I think things don't need to be one extreme or another. And I think that's what people in this world often think you need. You know, there's a lot of, you, you look at any Twitter argument and it's one extreme against another. Mm-hmm. If you say one thing exactly. slightly skewed, to one particular point of view, you get absolutely abolished and shunned because you must be an extremist of some kind. Um, mm-hmm. I, so I think people nowadays want absolutes, they want left or right, and I think that's not how we should be operating society. So I think in this situation, it needs to be, yes, I think you should pull them back because that is not a way to live, but then you work with them and support them to integrate into society and give them opportunities to excel, mingle, and de- yeah. be a, become a part of society that they feel happy to be in, and that are beneficial on both sides. That's 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 really the only thing that it should be done. You, I don't think th- there's there's far too much wrong with just letting them to fester and be completely isolated. That is not there, there's um, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this because. I, I can't remember the philosopher, but there was a philosopher that said, "You can do it." Human, humanity is um, a, is it, being human is being social. Like without community, you are not you are not human. Mm-hmm. We work together. People have congregated together over thousands of years to 
transform societies and collectives and to remove yourself from that is to give up a part of your humanity so i think you can't just leave them there and likewise to pull them out and just make them suffer in a world that they don't don't feel like they belong and don't have support and people don't care about them that's cruel as well yeah yeah so it has to be a balance Mm. stellar answer well played (laughs) well it's it's kind of a cop out completely right (laughs) just hit the middle ground but you are right there's no easy answer and this is again what the japanese government have been struggling with is that there is no easy answer to these people who have the means to survive by themselves and the means in the episode was this pocket dimension where they they want for nothing Mm. but also they're not contributing anything so they're not contributing anything to the group in the island they're not contributing anything to society in japan so what do you do you're at almost a bit of a stalemate and yeah i think it's different i think it's different in i think it's different in real life because like you say you can still have you can still have connection you can still have friendships and relationships and be a part socially of community while being removed from i don't know the community at large the workforce as it were Mm -hmm. so you can still get purpose and enjoyment out of life and have social community without the latter so that's where the government might struggle because they will be fulfilled on lots of levels it's more it's more even if it is just online yeah but yeah look you can say recluse but there'll be different there'll be different levels of that won't there there'll be people who are 100 percent recluse never leave the house but that'll be very rare the majority of these people you reckon you're looking at me as if that's not like but but sure but i mean surely they've got acts like if they wanted to leave they could it's it's not like i mean you know they'll they'll go to the shops and stuff but this is also a very big cultural difference between like the 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 east and the west is that when you go to anywhere like it's eyes down you go and you get what you want you pay you come back home like straight away there's no and even within communities it's like once you're home like that's your bubble that's where you stay right it's not like you don't go pop around to the neighbor's house for a cup of tea or or something like that right okay so maybe it is a little bit a little bit different to what i'm envisioning but i still think it i think i think the government may feel like they're losing out more than the people do which is the same same here really isn't it almost it's the same here because yeah everyone else wants them to come out we need the workers yeah and they're just like leave me here i don't want to yeah so yeah it is it's quite metaphorically similar um yeah cool hard one and for a show that basically throws you into the deep end to have this kind of really big question Mm. like posed in one of its earliest episodes i think is it's a testament to how confident it is in what it wants to do it wants to challenge it wants to shock i guess with its visuals it wants to be experimental but i guess what we we now need to decide as we go into our big questions is does it make the show good (laughs) okay all right well i think that's a good transition into our big three questions so let's move on and discuss whether we think oh have you got an odd and end (laughs) the ed okay is it worth talking about only because and and again this is just because it ties into another element of the production Mm -hmm. obviously the ed is just black screen white credits playing over the top of it so visually absolutely probably the worst ed yeah that we've seen the song 
very, very good. Yeah, like the song. It doesn't save the ED, though. No. But I, it ties into the other point that I wanted to make, which is about the show's music choices. Mm-hmm. And that is that for the majority of the show, the only noise we hear is sound effects yeah. and background noise. Right. Okay. There's no underplaying music. There's no, like, themes for characters. There's no, like, OST. subtle background riffs. There's no OST. Mm. Unless it's a pivotal scene, and which at which point you get a song. Right. So each episode has maybe one specific song during a very, very pivotal, intense moment, and then nothing else but background noise, sound effects, and then the ending song coming in at just the right moment as the episode hits its peak at the end. Okay. Which I think is a really bold choice. Whether it's a good choice, I'll leave that up to everybody else, but yeah. I enjoyed that aspect of it because it's very rare for a show to have such confidence in its um in silence fair enough yeah i mean i'm indifferent to that you're much more in tune with the music side of things so i'll leave that up to you in the audience but yeah i think that is an interesting choice and i'm i'm okay with it i think i didn't i didn't think it was particularly bad i didn't really clock it to be honest but yeah it's fine by me (laughs) nice Okay, shall we get into our big three questions? Let's do it. Okay, so it's ta- that part of the show where we talk about whether this show has enough to get into the universe. We ask three questions. The first one is on concept. So, Sam, talk to me about the concept. Is it good enough? Um, well, not is it good enough, but is it is it a good concept and does it do a good job of executing it? Okay put myself into the shoes of a first-time anime viewer okay i'm trying to envision what the concept of this show is and the only thing that i can think about is pseudo hunger Games survival x-men power ground on drugs and groundhog day <laughs> exactly like the concept of the show is so bizarre like by episode three i don't think that you could put a solid nail on what is the show about other than here's a bunch of high schoolers on an island? Is it an isekai? Holy crap. <laughs> My God. <laughs> it is, I it? unknowingly managed to bring an isekai <laughs> back to the universe. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, they're technically... I, I mean, I, I, I would say initially no... Because the school is adrift. There's nothing new about the school. It's them that gain the powers. But once they hit the island, yeah, sure. Yeah. And they're going into other worlds a lot of the time. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And and they, in the the dub, Mm. did they call it very confusingly (laughs) this world? Yes. Oh, my God. I think I think they <laughs> we're in this world, but this this world yeah. is different from that this world. And I'm like, yeah, just please, yeah. They didn't do it too much. They only they only they sort of referenced it, and I can't remember how they explained it. It, sound, it seemed like it made sense at the time, but thinking about it, it's quite confusing. Um, yeah, so it's this world, this this world. I thought they said disc world at first, and I thought we were going to have some sort of. <laughs> Discworld parallel. Terry Pratchett, the Terry anime. Pratchett, yeah. Oh my god. Terry Pratchett would do so it. well in the anime. It would be so good. <laughs> you imagine the, uh, what's it called? The Night Guard? Is it the Night Guard? I don't know. I haven't read that many. <laughs> Hogfather. Hogfather. <laughs> the anime. That's what I want. Yeah. But yeah, 
the concept of Sonny Boy, I think, is just this. Sometimes it's very political. Sometimes it's touching on social buttons. Sometimes it's touching on the psyche of young teenagers. It's very loosey-goosey. What did you think? I think... See, this is the thing. Like, you throwing that spanner in the works about... um, That you think they're trying to focus on character development rather than plot. I think... In its simplest terms, it is a sci-fi parallel universe teen um, mystery where you've got to, where these high schoolers have been dropped into this weird parallel universe and they've got to figure out their way home. I think that's, that's the plot. I think that's the concept. And through that, they're trying to tell these intricate character developments that aren't that intricate. Um, so I think, I think, you know, if you're going to pitch this to someone, it's a weird, you'd want someone who was into sci-fi, into sort of realm dimension stuff, um, and mm-hmm. up for a bit of, um, unusual visual, visual, visual madness. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think, I don't think the concept is particularly confusing, but obviously when you watch it, trying to define specifically what they do, that is quite tricky. So I think, would you tell a, person who's not watched this show before or even a first timer would you give them anything about the show or would you tell them to go in blind it's it's tricky because obviously i don't know where it goes so i'm basing this off the first three episodes i think i would if i was trying to pitch it to someone i'd be telling them that it's you know it's about these high school kids it's got it's got multiple dimensions traveling to other worlds trying to find their way home i think that's how i would pitch it i think that's what's intriguing for me. Um, okay. I don't think you're going to go into this. I don't think you're going to enjoy the show if you if you don't like that concept. That that I think mm-hmm. that's the crux of it. I think there are things there. Are, you're not going to try and hook someone into this if they like character development. I don't think that's going to get that's going to be enough to hook someone in. It has to be through this time warp situation. Mm, you've got to frame it in that things are going to get wacky and weird. You've just got to buckle in. Yeah. Enjoy the, enjoy the journey. Like okay. we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, it's like the whole Doctor Who thing. Um, you don't go into Doctor Who just for, you know, romantic relationships. That's not why you watch Doctor Who. You watch it for the weird, wacky sci-fi stuff. So I think yeah, you've got to, you've got to be into But at it. least with Doctor Who, I guess they do try to explain it, even if the answer nine times out of ten is, oh, the Sonic did it. Like it still they give a, a little bit more they give a little bit more than there is here, but that's also because that's the model of the show. The doctor knows everything and yeah. the doctor's job there True. is to explain every little He's thing. He's the smartest person He's in the, the room. He's the smartest person yeah. in the room. Whereas here we it's a, the kids themselves are trying to figure things out on a daily basis and they might I think it's it's mm. does quite a jo- good job of realistically, you might not explain everything. You might not have all these expositions, it's just playing mm. out their sort of you're only seeing fragments of what's going on and you're not getting these sit and that's something that i've complained about anime a lot you know just those sit down moments the cafe chats that whatever they're called yeah um or even just slice of life segments where you just get to see them just bumbling around there every day yeah here everything is pointed towards something a revelation or a new power or some other trippy visual yeah and speak of the trippy visuals, then in terms of execution, how is that concept of sci-fi teens jumping dimensions to try and find their way home 
how do you think that it is executed on a technical level? Yes. <laughs> uh, again, this is where I'm sort of on the fence. I think, I think I like it. I think, I think they do a good job. I just, ah, uh, it's tricky. I don't, I, I haven't got anything concrete to sort of, uh, speak about. I think the visuals, like I said at the beginning, they're, they sometimes miss the beat a little bit of what they're trying to achieve. But overall, mm-hmm. I like, like with the curtain stuff, I think that's really well executed. Even though we don't know what's going on, I think it, it's intriguing enough and it doesn't need to be explained. Like these are, these are worlds that they don't know. They figured out that if they do this, this happens. So they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to necessarily know why that works for it to work. <laughs> it just, they yeah. figured out that if they do A, then B happens. So we're going to do A. Um, and if B, yeah. if B's happened, then A must have happened first for it to happen. Just like us with our podcast technical difficulties. We know that A, if we do A, then B happens. Yes. So we'll do C to try and fix A and then D will go wrong. And then, <laughs> and then we'll do, hopefully we'll have an episode in time for you guys later <laughs> in the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We don't need to know why things are happening, just that they are happening. So. Yeah, I think it it does a pretty good job of it. But this is where we need to enter question two, isn't it? And yeah, is there enough of a turnoff here to stop people watching? Are those, is that fence that I'm sitting on skewed one way because of certain, certain things that have, that aren't good enough? Do you think there are any turnoffs? Mm. I think for me, the biggest turnoff is the way in which the story is told and i will be completely honest when i first watched this um it did take me a few tries to get through the first two or three episodes so i was watching this weekly right and by the time i tuned into episode two i'd totally forgotten about episode one i knew that they were in a black space and now they're on an island so i had to go back and rewatch episode one and then by the time episode three came out so much was kind of lost on me that i needed to go back and skim through again and wow. it was because of the way the story was being told and yeah you can put it up to yes sam's brain has been rotted by shonen he needs his <laughs> big screamy boys to start punching at a given moment but like i can sit through things like monster i can sit through things like uh death note i can death note shonen whatever but you know <laughs> what i mean like more cerebral stuff well someone does get and hit in the head with a baseball bat that's pretty shonen he does get clocked pretty quickly but he does get straight back up again yeah. um I think the biggest thing here is, and I'm putting myself back to when I hadn't watched any anime ever, Mm. because that's the crux of it here. We need to think about this as a completely fresh person coming in. I might personally like this style of story, and I definitely did by the time that I got around to the show's finale, which was only maybe a month or so ago. Mm. But if this was my very first anime, would... I get it. Yes. You think yeah? Yeah, I do. If we're going to go for, to, for the to the final question, and whether it's got compatibility, whether it does enough to overcome those barriers, I don't see them as barriers. I just see them as as type of show. I think there's the, the, there's a lot going on. Like you said, that you couldn't follow the plot, but that's that's fine. 
I get that. I get that it could be quite tricky and you'd have to go back and revisit because there's not a lot tangible there that you could sort of go, oh, it's in this world. These are the rules and this is happening. But at the same time, that is the main appeal of the show is that you don't know everything. Mm. Like one of, and the, okay. So here's, here's a big comparison and a big sort of, I'm flipping it around. One of my big criticisms mm-hmm. of Shonen and any of the animes that we watched is that we get thrown in in episode one and we know everything. And then by the end of the season, we just got a ton of filler, a, 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 a tournament arc or something, loads of filler where things just get exponentially bigger, but we don't get any big reveals or anything because it's just shonen and it's just filler. Mm. And then we end on a really cool climax of the season with a great visuals. But again, we knew everything that was going to happen pretty much from the episode, from the first episode. Like we look at it, followed the formula. It, it follows, was, it follows the formula. Here's the core power system. Everybody gets a bit stronger, big flashy fight. Yeah. Whereas here, literally anything can happen. Yeah. Like with, with my, my hero, um, I'm, I, I, I binged the first, what, two seasons. So I, mm-hmm. I I'm going to blur my lines. What happens at the end of season one? Is it basically the, he gets, season one ends with the Nomu fight with All Might. And it's the big punch up in USJ and yes, um, the league retreats. At the big, at the end of episode three, we know that Deku is going to getting into the uh, school, and he's going to train to yep. be a hero. And then he trains to be a hero. And by the end of season one, he's trained to be a hero. Yes, there's a infiltration at the end where it's a bit, it's a bit intense, but again, they come out of it relatively unscathed, and they mm. powered up again. So it's it's nothing here. You've got some. You've got th- the first three episodes. We don't know much about this world they're drip feeding it in and it keeps the person engaged that's what they're there for they're not there for just that they're they're there for this mystery they want to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think i think you're not going into this wanting to know all the answers that's or you are but you're not going in there expecting all the answers because it's a mystery yeah i mean i would say again by the time we reach episode three which i think was the curtain episode which was my favorite one it had presented a compelling enough question that we spent a chunk of the podcast today talking about that it makes me want to see what other questions they're willing to ask and how much deeper and more philosophical they're willing to get. And I guess if I think back to kind of those early days of um, people getting into anime and people wanting to watch shows eventually they would see shows like serial experience lane or they'd watch perfect blue or they would get into something that's a lot more cerebral a lot more kind of asking questions and not following that typical format and that's the show that is often rated the highest and i think if you went into sunny boy it's gonna turn a lot of people away okay just by how bizarre it is but i think that might only have been true maybe five, ten years ago before kind of prestige TV and things came out. If we think of something really bizarre that's kind of sweeping at the moment, and I'm going to date the episode immediately because it's probably already gone from the cultural zeitgeist, but you see something like Squid Game, which has recently come out, which is an utterly bizarre death gamey concept, mm. which has robots and people being pulled in and commentaries on capitalist yeah. society and, and whatnot people have really engaged by that mm. and i think seeing something similar in a more short form 
show which has incredible production values and a really interesting and unique artistic vision could be unique enough <laughs> to pull in. I'm still kind of 50-50 on the fence. Yeah, I know I can tell you, you I, I feel like started to sway me. I feel like you are swaying towards not laying it in, but I am I am going to watch more of this. I do want to know where it goes and I think you know, look, we can't, we 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 can't uh, although we are assessing it on based on whether this a noob is going to someone who hasn't seen anime is going to watch this. We do have to caveat that with the fact that they are that this is a noob that is agreeing to watch anime and they are going into their fairly open-minded you know we can't yeah. otherwise nothing will ever get in and i think as weird as this is i think it's still grounded enough like you wanted to put spirited away in and for it's mm. like there's this makes so much more sense than spirited away it has clear plots it's following high schoolers that have high school relationships and react like high schoolers it's set in a high school to start with and then we land on a desert island we're not in some weird ghosty thing that people don't have <laughs> this ghosty don't open up old wounds will yeah sorry. don't do it yeah. so but no i i think handing this one over to you to decide because again we said at the start of the episode right at the very beginning after the intros well i don't think that i'm a noob anymore <laughs> but really like <laughs> more so and and this isn't like meant to be detrimental but comparatively i've had however many years of of shows where i think maybe even i've been jaded to it and i see i see something like sunny boy and i think oh yeah nobody knew would want to get into this mm. but clearly mm. you've found something in it that's really engaging and i need to respect that and see that that is something that is that other people will probably see i can't gatekeep anime just because I think other people will think it's weird. Yeah. And maybe, you know? maybe I'm biased as well because I'm into sci-fi and stuff and I like that multiple dimension stuff. So it interests me specifically. But again, I think that's the audience you'd be pitching it at if you were going to talk to noobs about it. So I think for me, again, like you, you look at the character designs, they're fairly appealing. They're not extreme. They're not really shown-y. They're quite... What's what's the the phrase? There must be a term for like ones people that look like people. <laughs> like they're they're quite anatomically correct. There you go, anatomically correct. Um, the bit all the bits are in the right places. Um, <laughs> so except for the hair, because the hair gets a bit a bit freaky. Yeah, but so I think there's a lot there that a noob can latch onto, um, and especially if they are into sci-fi and stuff, they'll have. You know, you look at Doctor Strange and the the things that they do um, with their other universe stuff. And we're going into, mm. you know, that's very mainstream now. Um, we're going into the yeah. multiverse and stuff like that. So um, I don't think it's too much of a reach for people to watch this. And I think they do a good enough job and, and keep it interesting enough. And the mystery is played out very well, I think. So, yes, it gets into the universe. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think you mentioned... Marvel Universe there is kind of the the nail in the coffin of my doubt because mainstream audiences are getting introduced to more and more wacky concepts yeah. and more and more heady concepts. Like look and at I Loki. By this point. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think if they can understand Endgame, that, this is fine. Yeah. They understand now the concept. Like, this, we're, 
maybe my mindset's sitting too far back. Maybe I'm still sitting in that kind of early 2000s of like, haha, I've just watched a show that talks about alternate dimensions and light speed travel. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. Whereas that's everywhere now. Yeah. That's like the baseline. You, you only have to look at how successful Dune has been mm. as like a high concept super sci-fi movie mm. to kind of know that general audiences are now much more receptible. Receptible? Receptive? Receptive, yeah. Crucible. <laughs> receptive to this kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, it gets in. Cool. Um, all right, let's leave it there. Uh, well done to Sonny Boy for your weird naked frog jumps across the uh across the school we didn't even, we didn't even mention about, about that <laughs> look it's again there's just so much to <laughs> unpack there's, there's so go watch it guys honestly go watch yeah. it okay um right guys we're gonna leave it there we're gonna go into slice of life where we're gonna have a tiny little catch-up uh, about what we've been up to this week uh outside of watching sunny boy um if you've liked the show go and give the rest a listen um yep backfill to your heart's content and uh, make sure you chat to us on our socials. We are now on YouTube as well for our highlight reel. Uh, so if you want to go and binge a load of highlights rather than listening to the whole episodes, that's on YouTube. Just type, just search for gateway highlights. No, anniverse highlights, anniverse highlights. Um, and yeah, that, they've been edited by Perry, Cloud Adrenaline. Um, really good job. Just sort of cutting together all of our, um, best bits from our episodes. They're about I don't know, averaging about 15 minutes each. So a lot shorter than our ramblings on here. Um, give them a listen. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, kind of, um, at Gateway to the Anniverse. (laughs) Um, and yeah, if you're not sticking around for Slice of Life, we'll see you next week in the Anniverse. Welcome to episode 14 of Shit You Didn't Know and Now You Do. Look, you probably don't want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Apparently, there's a species of fungus that can turn ants into zombies, get them to kill themselves, do things out of their control, and then grow spores out of them and spread like wildfire. There's a whole thing in National Geographic. Watch it if you dare. I don't like adding the buy on the end, because <laughs> I feel like ending it on see you next week in the anniversary is like the way to go. I'm just like, mm. <laughs> But it's like such muscle memory to just be like, oh, yes, he said goodbye, so I should also politely <laughs> say goodbye. <laughs> well, we can mix it up because y- you want to get in there as well. Although you introduce it. So you introduce it. I say, I say exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's a fair cop. It's fair good. You've got the anniversary voice down as well, I feel. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Slice of Life. This is the part of the show where Will and I get to unwind a bit, <laughs> relax, take things kind of at our own pace. <laughs> And not rush through them like we thought we would have to. <laughs> Please hit us up and let us know if anyone actually listens to this. We use it as kind of an excuse to just chat about what we've been doing so that, well, we can do this off air, but that eats into more time. So we'll do it on the podcast and then we can just get a, a quick fire round into each other's lives. Um, but hey, yeah. if anyone's interested, hit us up. Let us know what what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> let us know what you're doing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my oh what you doing mate oh what you up to (laughs) to be fair actually and we do have like a few people that we are chatting to throughout instagram and on uh twitter as well and it's nice to be able to catch up with our audience and to kind of exactly let them know don't put my put my comment down like we're telling people what we're doing so i want to know what they're doing gotta share anyway yeah Share the love. Speaking of which. Anyway, if you have an email or would like to... Talk if you to have us, an email. Gateway. If you possess an email. is If you have an email. 
I was just trying to like put it up front this time so that people can, you know, like oh. can, they can put it first. Anyway, what have you been doing this week, Will? Let's, this this has been a car crash of a slice of life. Right. This is maybe the most antagonistic slice of life segment we've ever had. Mm, potentially. Um, what have I been up to this week? N- to be honest, it's been a bit dry content wise. I started watching you, uh, series three, um, cause that released relatively recently. Um, and I, I've stopped watching it. I'm enjoying it, but again, it's more of the same. Like if you've liked season one and season two of you, you're going to like season three. I think they, they have tried to change it again, but the concept is, has to, the formula is fairly similar. I think, um, in that people die and they have to cover it up. Um, and yeah, you're like anime. What? Wow. <laughs> you liked our podcast. That's okay. I knew that you would. You're watching. Oh, sort out, sort out online. That's okay. It's basic, but everybody has to start somewhere. What have I just fell into? But I can fix that. I can fix. This is completely off script. You. I don't know what Sam's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I've got to nail that. Like at least somewhat. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of almost. Do you have you seen have you seen the show? I'm assuming you have from that. I have watched bits of, uh, I think it How was maybe season. How can you watch season... bits? So uh, when I went to visit my siblings, um, we, uh, my sister had it on and she was watching uh, season two. Right. And I'd heard of season one going on and I knew that everyone was thirsting over the main guy. So I was intrigued. I was like, oh, why does everybody uh, want to watch it so much? And my God, season two just kind of goes like a, like a truck like things go from bad to worse to worse to awful i think so fast. i think people are lusting after him because it's dan from gossip girl like that's what that's what people they're just like oh, no are you are you shitting me right now I, like it is dude he he doesn't look anything like he, he looks exactly girl. the same he has not changed in the slightest I'm he's got the same this. hair this is, this he's got garbage. the same body type he's like 10 years old he looks exactly the same I can't believe that, uh, that was the. No, he doesn't. His hair and Gossip Girl is like shaved down to the. Mate, there's like thing. what it's six? So there's like six seasons of Gossip Girl. His hair changes. I've not watched all six seasons of Gossip Girl. I've watched like the first. Well, four. shame on you! Shame on you <laughs> for not seeing out the saga. Well, I'm not being funny. When the when the whole rev- do you know who Gossip Girl is? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, by the way, for this show. Oh, yeah. that's maybe I should. I'm gonna bleep that out. <laughs> It is. I mean, the, the re, have you heard the remade Gossip Girl? Maybe we should put that in the universe. We'll, we'll we'll put it to the test. I'm just I've just googled Dan from Gossip Girl, and his hair goes exactly the same length as the guy from You at, at several points. Okay, <laughs> but he goes from long if, hair to if, short if, hair, and everywhere. If your it. Google's the same as my Google, then like, <laughs> is it like the fourth image in? <laughs> it's like him with the with the scarf. Yes, on, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You can tell it's him. It, it, that, Amazing. That, yeah. So anyway, he's you. Not you. He's me. He's not you. He's you, the show. What? Oh, what, oh, me? he's you. <laughs> <laughs> One out jokes. Yeah. But gold, nonetheless. Yes. Um, so that's what I've been watching. I've also joined, uh, I told you off, off, off air, I've joined Skillshare and I've been working mm. on some drawing tutorials to try and work on anatomy. And I also followed a... Um, We're not sponsored, a, by the way. An anime uh tutorial as well how to draw, draw an anime character which was good for that one character um 
I need to do a few more before I can actually do it independently. I think, but um, do it off, off the cuff. Yeah, that's fun. Soon our our uh, podcast avatars will be get, doing all sorts of poses thanks to Will's new anime drawing ability. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, but that's about it. What about you? <laughs> oh God, what about you? What have you been up to? Me? You? Yeah, literally <laughs> you this time. Not Dan from Gossip Girl. Literally me this time. Not Dan from Gossip Girl. Okay. Uh, what have I been doing? Oh, uh, I've been watching the new season of Lupin the Third. Ah. Part six has just started to air. It's in London. Oh so shit! I get Can a I... lot of kicks out. Sorry, of... sorry. Just to jump back to what I've been up to because I don't care about you. Um, I've also started rewatching me? Dan Machi. <laughs> so I, I watched the first. I watched the first twelve of Dan Machi again because that's fun, and I wanted something that I could have on in the background that i know i enjoy sorry carry on loop on the third was that why you started sending me the firebolt stuff yes it was yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's just so into it he's just firebolt firebolt just going nuts um woke up one morning and will was just there like i like he sent me a message and i clicked it and it was just this english dub of dan machio this kid just screaming firebolt firebolt i was like this is amazing god damn yeah sorry Lupin the third. Uh, yeah, so season six has started uh, in earnest, and it's set in London. Ah. And I'm getting a lot of kicks out of seeing modern London in an anime style. So, like, that sounds fun. He's tearing around Buckingham Palace. Uh, he <laughs> is that is that classed as modern uh, London? <laughs> Buckingham, <laughs> Buckingham Palace, Palace <laughs> the oldest part there. It does do a lot of panning shots, and a lot of it is like you can see the Shard and the London oh, Eye nice. and everything like there. So it is up to date modern modern london yeah and i adore loop on the third and eventually i'll i'll bring it here to the anniverse but man the production values in the first two episodes that we've had so far have been remarkable even for like this series standard because this has never been known for like breaking boundaries it did when it first came out but that was literally 50 years ago because this is this year is the 50th anniversary of loop uh. on the third and man just can, it, it's so nice to see that the production company is really wanting to celebrate everything that makes Lupin Lupin can I ask a question about the London scenes and stuff do you know how of course you can. do you know how they would have done that I imagine would they have like got existing shots of London and then like almost rotoscoped the buildings like tra- trace the buildings and stuff do you think that's how it that would work yeah I imagine they would have done Ru- yeah so there's there's two ways they can go for anime either they will do exactly what you said and they'll just get a bunch of reference images and use them. Or they will actually send like a small team, including the director across to the location to take on-site shots. So um, one of my most favorite movies that have come out uh, recently is Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway. And what they did is they went to Singapore and took a bunch of on-location, very specific shots of the city and then use that to create their reference images and to then plan out and direct the action sequences within the film itself and it absolutely works it makes it so much more interesting and visually appealing cool is that is that the story of how Anne Hathaway becomes a Gun- Gundam yeah it is actually and then once she has completed her mission as uh, uh, the Gundam she becomes Catwoman and then also a swan it's all linked it's all it was her I don't know, was it? Was it her as the swan? The, the black swan? Yes. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's about it for me. Uh, I have been continuing One Piece. I have uh, finished uh, Ennis Lobby, Sabbody, Archipelago. And... That was a lot of noises. 
Yeah, I'm just making sounds at the minute, mate. Uh, <laughs> and I'm in Impel Down at the moment. So for those who know what One Piece is, it's going well. I'll be at the time skip soon enough. Very so cool. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. If you've managed to get through our ramblings of Slice of Life, um, make sure you hit us up, uh, tell a friend, share the podcast, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you later. Oh, yeah. Oh, are we good? I think we're pretty good. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.